Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Elsewhere around North Dakota, look for a fair amount of activity on Devil's Lake. But overall, it's somewhat slow to fare for walleye and perch. The best perch success remains over on East Devil's Lake. Access is also challenging on the lake unless anglers stay on plowed trails. Sun and warm weather settling snow with some trails now plowed on the ice on Lake Ashtabula. So at least pickups can now access the lake and move around better. The best success is for some nice perch activity with an occasional crappie mixed in. However, walleye and pike remain slow. Look for activity on smaller lakes where anglers can access the ice. And speaking of access, please remember not to block roads when you're parking a vehicle to walk onto lakes. Out west, the better weather is bringing out more boat anglers onto the Missouri River tailways, but so far there are limited reports. Best Lakes Kakawea walleye bite is in the early morning and early evening hours on the east end but overall success is spotty. If you're working the East End, try Stanky and Douglas Bays around the Camp of the Cross or Rattlesnake in 12 to 28 feet with jigs and minnows. A few pike are mixed in for those spearing, but the water's a little bit muddied up. Lake Audubon's also spotty for walleye, but there are a lot of anglers and houses trying it on the ice. Like Sakakawea, look for better success at night. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, we are going to do a little deer hunting talk, a little uh, big game talk with Barb Keller, Minnesota DNR big game program leader. Welcome back to Gone Outdoors, Barb. Thanks for having me. So we chatted before the Minnesota firearm season about CWD because you guys are doing a mm-hmm. lot of press, a lot of information about CWD and self-sampling and trying to get people to send in samples and uh how did that go how did how did the self-sampling go throughout the season i think you gave out what five thousand mm-hmm. self-sample tests yeah yeah we did and it seems to have gone pretty well um we've had i believe over a thousand of those kits come back to us with samples um so that's a pretty good return rate um and it seems like for the most part you know people were were pulling the correct tissue which is always kind of the biggest um, kind of task, daunting task is being able to, to make sure you're 
uh, pulling the correct lymph nodes. So for the most part, it seems like people were able to, you know, find videos and um, learn how to do that. And so I think it's gone pretty well uh, for this year. We're pretty happy with it. So you got a thousand samples that way. And I think most of those uh, were probably spread throughout the state. Um, you know, they weren't mm-hmm. necessarily in control zones right. or anything else. So, uh, But mm-hmm. you also did some mandatory testing in control zones. How many samples did you end up getting that way? If you got 1,000 through the self-sampling, how many other samples mm-hmm. did you end up, did the state end up getting? Uh, well, you know, it depends where we are, but we, we had, uh, I would say, um, pretty good compliance rates as far as it was mandatory for those days. Um, and looking at, you know, the harvest that we took in those, that opening weekend, we, we have, we got really good compliance, but, uh, for example, in the Southeast, we have over, um, 6,000 samples, um, to date and probably the, the majority of those probably came in over opening weekend. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we're pretty happy with how, uh, the sampling over that mandatory period went as well. Barb, is it too early to uh, start talking about results or findings or determinations from all these tests or are they still being processed? Where does that process, uh, uh, how does that timeline Mm -hmm. play out? So yeah, most of our results are in and folks can check that out on our website, especially if they uh, turned in a sample. Um, That's where they can go in and they just need to put in their MDNR number um, and they should be able to find the results. And I would say most of the results are back now. We just have a few that are pending. Um, so for the most part, we, we think, you know, most of the results are back and, and we know, we know, um, the majority of, of what we should have found at this point. Um, we're sitting at about, um, 25 positive, um, that have come in so far. Uh, three of those are still pending, um, final confirmation, but, um, it, it would be likely that they would come back as confirmed. So, so far about 25. Again, we have, um, let's see, about probably over 100 that are still pending, but the majority of the results are back. Um, and as far as where those, you know, 25 positive deer are distributed across the state, uh, the majority of those are in the southeast part of the, our state where we, we know we, we've had the disease for a while, and that's where historically we've had the most positives. Um, so we have 19 of those, um, confirmed coming from that area. And that's also where our three suspects are that are pending confirmation. And then other than that, um, we, we also have an additional one, uh, down in the Southeast in our control zone. Um, but other than that, in the Southeast part of the state, then we just have, um, two positives that were detected in permit area 184, which was the new area we detected this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that was one of my questions because that's one of the areas that we hunt and it was, mm, a, okay. it was a control area where, um, mm-hmm. I think just that first weekend, if you, if you harvest anything, you had to get a mandatory sampling, but mm-hmm. they had sampling available throughout the mm-hmm. whole season. Um, so how important is it that hunters, the relationship between hunters and the DNR on figuring out CWD, because it seems like, and mm-hmm. it seems like that most of your samples come during the hunting season because you can't just go That's out right. and test the deer uh, otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I think it's rather important that hunters get on board with this so that yes, we can it's keep essential. an eye on it. Yeah, we, can't, we couldn't do the surveillance at the scale that we do it on our own. We simply don't have the staff or resources to do that. So hunters are, again, essential for us to be able to monitor the disease 
um, and we really need their help um, and support. Um, you know, and I think it, you know, it's also really important for the hunters that we help keep the, the wild deer healthy. Um, no, no hunter wants to harvest a deer and then find out it has this disease. That's always a difficult conversation. So we are working really hard to ensure that uh, the wild deer population does remain healthy uh, for um, hunters and for generations of hunters to come. So this is a, a question I hadn't thought of until just right now, Barb, and that is, it's obvious why we're, we're putting an effort during the hunting season. There's so many people in the woods. Uh, we're harvesting deer. We have the opportunity to test. But my question is, what about from now until the start of next hunting season? Uh, people who are mm-hmm. landowners, people who manage their property and maybe they're, they're all working on stands or planting food plots during the summer. Are there things that those individuals should be looking for or observing? And then where or, or at what point would you re- report that to the DNR? Yeah. So um, of course, if hunters are, are just landowners um, see sick or, or dead deer, we'd like to know about that. Um, so you can contact uh, the DNR um, just through the info center or our wildlife health program. Uh, we have a CWD hotline um, and just report those. So in most cases, you know, we need a deer to be fairly fresh to be able to test it for CWD. Um, and so in most cases, or in many cases, hunters may find deer that are, are too decomposed or landowners would find deer that are too decomposed for us to test. But it is also important for us to know if there are any, you know, local um, issues happening where there are multiple uh, deer that are being reported dead. We want to know about that. Um, so yeah, we do encourage landowners and others, members of the public to let us know if they see any sick or, or dead deer, especially, you know, the symptoms of chronic wasting disease are that the deer uh, eventually, um, as the clinical symptoms manifest, will become very emaciated. It will start to drool. It will just seem very out of it, and you can approach it very closely. And so any deer that are exhibiting those symptoms especially, we want to be aware of. So, Barb, uh, what are other states doing regarding CWD? Are are all the states working together? Mm -hmm. Are you working with Wisconsin and Minnesota, or North Dakota and Mm -hmm. South Dakota? Are all the managers working together to try and figure this out? Because we know the deer and the disease aren't going to necessarily stay within state lines. Right, exactly. Yeah, we are in frequent communication with um, all of the Midwest and other uh, deer uh, managers and wildlife health programs uh, throughout North America. Uh, There are frequent communications, uh, monthly phone calls with our wildlife health program staff and other staff among uh, the other states where everyone is is kind of just letting letting others know what they've been trying, what has worked, what hasn't worked. We're all trying to learn from each other. Um, This is a problem that most states, unfortunately, are going to have to deal with Um, more and more states every year. Uh, end up with positive deer um, in their in their state, and they have to figure out, you know, how how to approach how they're going to manage it. Um, and we all try to work together on that. Certainly, each state has um, different limitations in in what they're able to do. Um, so, not every state is able to do the exact same thing. But we can all um, talk and learn from each other about uh, what we're trying and what seems to work. That's awesome. And not only are there states in it together, but all the hunters in all those states are also all in it together. It's all one big mm-hmm. thing for all of us. Thank you, Barb, for coming mm-hmm. on Gone Outdoors. We really appreciate it. 
No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.